Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. It's time for WEEI Late Night with your Friday night host, the Hacksaw, Jim Hackett. Friday night with the Hacksaw is brought to you by Atlantic Power Cleaning. 30 and still getting dirty. AtlanticPowerCleaning.com and by Gould's Distinctive Clothing in Acton. You too can look as sharp as Rob Bradford. Gould'sClothing.com. Now, here's Jim Hackett. All right, that'll get you going on a Friday night, everybody. I'm Jim Hackett. Welcome across the WEEI Sports Radio Network or streaming on the Odyssey app. You can get us anytime there. Jim Hackett, Friday night, late night. Going to be joining you for the next several weeks doing this. I'm excited about it. And uh, we've got a lot to talk about. Uh, Joe, the producer, is staring at me through the glass. Good to see you, Joe. Hello, sir. Good to be, good to be in here tonight. And uh, we've got a lot to talk about. I mean, there's a lot on my mind, you know, in the, in the near term, you know, we're staring at the baseball games all day long and thinking back to last year, I think it would have been a year ago Wednesday night, sitting at Fenway Park, absolutely rocking the place out. It was the loudest I've heard it since Roger Clemens got booed out of Fenway in the first inning when he went against Pedro when he came back against the Yankees. The loudest that place has ever been. Then tonight would have been the first game of the ALDS, I think, from last year, the year and taking that from the Tampa Bay Rays. And here we are. Alex Cora is sitting in the, in the stands uh, during the Mets game. I'm looking at him right now. And no Red Sox. N- you, your Red Sox are not in the postseason. We've known that since early July that it wasn't going to happen. So I want to get to baseball a little bit later and talk about what is going to be a critical offseason for your Boston Red Sox. A lot of contracts uh, expiring and probably not returning. You know the names. Nate Evaldi, J.D. Martinez. Will they bring back Xander? I hope so. We'll get into that. But the question I want to surface when it comes to the Red Sox, we'll do this a little later in the show because I want to talk about Patriots first, but I'm just teasing this out there, is with such a big offseason and such a big disappointment this year, I mean, they haven't been relevant in three months. And the excitement around baseball in this city last year was at a fever pitch. Hadn't felt anything like that since, I don't want to go as far back as 04, but definitely like 13 with the marathon team, okay? And... The air got completely taken out of the balloon. 
So my question is this. With a huge offseason, do you want High and Bloom making the decisions this offseason for this team, for the rebuild? Because I don't. I just simply don't. And I'm going to get a little deeper into that. Toggle off of the Red, off of the Red Sox just for a moment. I wanted to hit that because I'm staring at the screen and watching the Padres beat the Mets seven to one right now. But I do want to talk about the Pats. They've got a game this week. They're one and three. They're at home against the Lions, and this has historically been the kind of opponent. And we're coming into a wave of the next six opponents that include the Lions twice with the Jets, the Browns, the Bears. All winnable games. Um, and these are games that the teams from 2001, definitely through 2018, dare I say 19, even though that team was very disappointing, they want to mop the floor with these guys, okay? But that's not the case. And I wrote an article about it. It launched on WEI.com on Thursday. been writing for the website for a few years now. And the genesis of that article was enough with the moral victories, okay? Enough with that. And, and there were positives to take out of the first four weeks, for sure. Um, but about midday on Wednesday, I was listening to Gresham Keefe and Moral Victory Monday just got mentioned like five times too much. I think, you know, Hart said it, Keefe said it, Gresh said it, Fourier, Mego, and, and Lou were talking about it all day Monday, batting it around. I just can't hear it anymore, okay? So with the Lions, the Browns, the Bears, twice with the Jets, um, and uh, another mediocre opponent, the Colts coming in, you know, playing the Colts as well. These are games you have to win. And I'm not even saying the Patriots are going to be in contention this year. But just to be a viable football team, something that can be competitive as we want to watch football from Thanksgiving to the end of the year, have your team in it, have a sniff. I've seen enough in the first four games amidst the one and three start. I've seen enough with your New England Patriots to think that they should win five of these games anyway. Okay? Because if you can go into Lambeau Field with not only your backup quarterback and Brian Hoyer, and then Isaiah Wynn should be arrested for criminal negligence for letting the guy come around him with no, no effort at all to make a block there. And he got and Hoyer got clobbered, which you feel bad for him. He's on IR now. But to go into Lambeau with Brian Hoyer and then get forced to put your third-string quarterback in, young rookie, Bailey Zappi, and, and play pretty well. Show pretty well in Green Bay with a chance. They were right there. They brought it to overtime. I, I think this team should go into this six-game stretch even with Bailey Zappi in there. And they should be thinking they can come and win six. Five anyway. You win five, you're six and four at the bye. Hopefully Max healed up from his high ankle sprain by that, that point. And you at least have something to look forward to. Unfortunately, what you're looking forward to at that point is the hardest part of the schedule, other than the first quarter of the season, okay? But this is your chance. This is your chance for the Patriots to make football meaningful while they start to rebuild on the fly. And, you know, that's the short-term part of the conversation I want to have over the next couple hours regarding the Patriots. The bigger conversation with the Pats is a lot like the one with the Red Sox, which is I talked about at the very tip-top of the show, which is I don't want High and Bloom making the decisions. I think he's a smart guy, but, you know, but the evidence is there, and I'm going to get way deep into that. We're going to take a nice long walk through that. And I'm going to articulate my point as to why I don't think he's the right guy for this team, this market, the way the roster was constructed before he got here, what he took on in 2020 and 2021, and his failure in the offseason. And if you're looking at a 78 and 84 record, I'm pointing the finger right at him, 100%. Okay? But to make a comparison with the Patriots, what I think about 
isn't really the one and three record. The opportunity to be six and four or seven and three if they end up ripping off six in a row or whatever happens if they don't win this week against the Lions, which that's in the range of outcomes. I heard Mutt talking about it. I agree with him. I think it's a 50-50 shot, you know, but you're home. Your defense is playing pretty well. Not stopping the run very well, but in general, you know, they're making some plays, and I, I, I believe they can slow down the Lions. I do believe that. But for me, what's happening to the Patriots right now in 2022 on October 7th and what's coming on Sunday and what comes to the six weeks to follow and the several weeks that follow after that, after the bye, isn't really what's on my mind. What's on my mind is what's next for this team because I'm concerned. The last couple drafts have been pretty good. The four to eight before that, not so good. Okay, And, and that has brought you to where you are, which is a team that doesn't have the talent to compete with the elite teams in the league. Pretty solid. 53-man roster, pretty solid, okay? Um, As is usual with the Patriots, I like them from player 40 to 53 better than any team in the league. Belichick's great like that. But he sacrificed a lot of talent, and we've seen it, and you know the names in the draft from three years ago when they took Isaiah Wynn, who just lost his job to Marcus Cannon, who was on the street a week ago, okay? They pass up Lamar Jackson. They pass him up with Sony Michelle. They get Nikhil Harry when they could have had Debo Samuel, A.J. Brown, Deontay Johnson, D.K. Metcalf. You know all the names. Where I'm going with this is the Patriots are at a critical point. Their owner is over 80 years old. Their coach and general manager and czar of everything football is 70 years old. And at no point in his career has he ever had more responsibility on him than right now? Bill's always been the guy at the switch, making all the decisions, controlling everything. And as a 40-year Patriots fan that suffered through a lot of tough times, I bend my knee at uh, Belichick's foot. I really do. And if I've written 160 columns on WEI.com, over 100 of them have been about the Patriots. And in every one, I say that. But the reality is, What you've seen over the last several years with the Patriots is a glaring issue that Bill Belichick has, a blind spot in terms of where the game is and how he has been building it his entire career, not just here in New England since uh, since 2000, but with the Browns. And he comes from that tree, the Bill Parcells tree, of you build it from the inside out, which is how you do it with football and how it's always been. But the game has evolved. And Bill, Bill Belichick has some serious blind spots in his talent evaluation. So at 70 years old, and we all know people in their 70s and you know, senior citizens, and maybe for the young ones out there, it's your grandparents. And for a guy like me, it's my parents. But you don't get less stubborn as you get older. And you've seen the evidence of it in this offseason, which is when – the guy who I thought was the likely successor to the throne, the guy who was going to get the keys to the Cadillac, Josh McDaniels, yeah, he had an opportunity to become a head coach. He's want to. He was in exile there for a while for leaving Indianapolis at the altar a few years ago, which I don't blame him for, by the way. I wouldn't want to work for Jim Irsay either. Um, but he goes and gets a new job, and that whole offseason, I wrote about it back in February, there was an opportunity to get a guy like Bill O'Brien. And Bill wasn't doing, quote-unquote, what he always says, I'm doing what's best for the team. That's not the case. Because if he was doing what was best for the team, he would have went and got Billy O'Brien or someone comparable. Or, like the Raiders did 
They pry Josh McDaniels away. Why couldn't they pry Eric Bieniemy away from the Chiefs? What I don't understand about Bill Belichick with this stubbornness about the way he does things is there's no salary cap with coaches. Is it a smart move to bring in Matt Patricia after his failure in Detroit? If you can get him for a, on a dime and you're loyal to him and, he, and you feel comfortable with him, yeah, that's a smart move. Is making a career defensive-minded coach the offensive coordinator because you can save money a smart move? I would say no. Same thing with Joe Judge. The Patriots special teams took a huge dip last year. They were terrible last year, okay, when Judge got hired away to the Giants. They were pretty good under Joe Judge's tutelage. So Joe Judge gets fired. I have no problem with Bill Belichick bringing Joe Judge back. I have a problem with Bill Belichick bringing Joe Judge back and putting him anywhere near the leadership role on the offense and being the quarterback's coach. There's no... There's nothing on his resume, nothing that says that he's qualified for that or Patricia for the offense. Now, saying that, I will say, after the tsunami of negative press that we got over the summer with the Patriots in training camp about how the offense wasn't clicking, they were trying a new scheme, the offensive line didn't get it, they, get, they can't get any room for the running backs, There, no one's completing passes. It sounded like a train wreck, and you heard this day after day after day after day after day, and my anxiety level went higher and higher and higher, as did most people in, in Patriots Nation. But then the Miami game came, and they went down there, and I actually thought they looked pretty good, other than the strip sack and the mistakes that happened. But, like, the flow of the offense, from what I had heard reported from May, June, July, and August, I didn't think they were going to get a first down, okay? And I don't think I'm the only one who thought that. But my general point is this. The, the offense might be evolving. Patricia might be getting better on the fly. Judge might be finding himself on the fly, and that's fine. But what happened in the offseason and putting those two guys in those key roles with a second-year quarterback coming off a, a good, solid first year. I know he made the Pro Bowl. I don't really think he was a Pro Bowl quarterback, but he was a 10-7 and seven rookie quarterback. I mean, he was an injury replacement quarterback in the Pro Bowl, so yeah, kind, that, of, kind of a disclaimer on yeah, that. Yeah, exactly, and that, that's fair to say. But, you know, the kid had a good first year, um, and, the, and I've been hearing this my entire adult life, that the second-year transition for not only a quarterback, but really any rookie, you know, that gets on the field is, is a huge development year. So did Bill Belichick really do what was best for the team in putting Matt Patricia and Joe judge in, t- in charge of the offense? I can't remember a time last year when Mac Jones wasn't on the sideline. He wasn't coddled up next to Josh McDaniels. That's the guy you want next to you. Now you lost Josh McDaniels. Okay. I'm not crying to my soup over that, but is getting two guys that are loyal to you at a discount and not giving them titles and creating a media frenzy about them not having titles and confusion about who's communicating what and confusion about who's doing what. Is that helping you? And my answer is no, it hasn't. And you're one in three. Now, I think there's hope as they progress throughout the season. But in the big picture, is Bill Belichick at 70 years old surrounding himself with lieutenants who are just going to say yes, who are happy to be there on a discount, Learning on the fly what's quote-unquote best for the team? I'm not so sure. In fact, no, I don't think it is. And Matt Patricia might be, in his mind, in Bill Belichick's mind, the successor you know, for the Patriots, but I got news for him. It's not his decision. It's not his decision. And frankly, if we're going to get you know, a couple more years, three, two, three, up to maybe four or five years out of Bill Belichick as coach, I have no problem with that. But if that's the case, Robert Kraft likely isn't 
the person who's going to make that decision either. Because Robert Kraft's over 80 years old, and you know Jonathan Kraft is the president of the New England Patriots and the Kraft Sports Group, and he's a, an astute businessman, communicates well like his dad. I'm wondering what he thinks. Publicly, he's in lockstep with whatever his father says and whatever Bill says. I'm wondering, though, at, at Jonathan Kraft's peak of his leadership part of his career, he is right there. He's right at the age you want someone leading an organization. He looks the role. He talks the role. He's been in the role for a while. He's ready to take the keys to the Cadillac. I wonder what he thinks. Does he think what I think, which is that Bill Belichick needs a different pair of eyes, someone that's out of the Parcells tree, someone that's out of the Belichick tree? Because Belichick was one of the young ones on the Parcells tree. When he took over the Browns, he was 40 years old, I think, 42-ish. Um, he's 70 now. So how many branches, how much ripe fruit is coming from that tree? I want someone with a different pair of eyes to be a consigliere to him. And so what's on my mind right now on a Friday night, talking to you guys, is the future of the Patriots. And what does that look like? And what does Jonathan Kraft want that to look like? And with the Red Sox, the most important offseason they've had in a really long time. Do you want High and Bloom at the controls? I'm laying the gauntlet down. I don't. And we're going to talk about it after the break. Crash and Keith, weekdays 10 to 2. Now, here's what's trending on WEEI. Trending now on WEEI and WEEI.com. Bailey Zappi is going to get the start for the Patriots this Sunday against the Detroit Lions. This according to NFL insider Jordan Schultz. Mac Jones and Janu Smith were listed as doubtful both are dealing with separate ankle injuries. Lawrence Guy and Demarcus Mitchell were both listed as out. Six players have been listed as questionable for the Patriots. Jacoby Myers, Jalen Mills, Kyle Duggar, Adrian Phillips, Isaiah Wynn, and Raekwon McMillan. On the other side for the Lions, star running back DeAndre Swift has been ruled out with a shoulder and ankle injury. Wide receivers Amonra St. Brown and Josh Reynolds have both been listed as questionable. The Celtics were in Greensboro, North Carolina, to play their third of four preseason games against the Charlotte Hornets. Celtics get the win 112-103. Jalen Brown, the lone starter who played tonight, scoring 19 points. Blake Griffin made his Celtics debut. He contributed 7 points. The Celtics will play their final preseason game a week from tonight from the Bell Center in Montreal, Canada, against the Toronto Raptors. That is a 7 o'clock tip-off. Wildcard round in the MLB playoffs getting underway today. Started earlier with the Guardians beating the Rays in Cleveland 2-1. In St. Louis, the Philadelphia Phillies used a six-run ninth inning to come back and beat the Cardinals 6-2. Seattle goes up to Toronto and posts a 4-0 shutout against the Blue Jays. And currently, it is 7-1 Padres over the Mets. San Diego with four home runs off of Max Scherzer. And Boston College football is playing their red bandana game tomorrow night against 5th ranked Clemson. Coverage here on WEEI will start at 7 p.m. I am Joe Braverman, and that's what's trending on Boston Sports Original, WEEI. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink... 
what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. All right, welcome back. Jim Hackett, WEI Late Night. Got to let Joe and Jet roll a little bit there. Friday night. Well played, Joe. Talk well, it also makes sense what we were talking about, Bill Je- Belichick. He's kind of got a bad reputation, <laughs> if you know what I mean. I, I'm, I'm picking up what you're laying down. Listen, I was talking about this with Nick Fitzy Stevens a couple weeks ago uh, offline. And, uh, you know, his look, at for 20 years, he could do what he wanted. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm not saying he can't now. It just isn't as cute as it once was. Is Winning it? is the perfect excuse. Yeah. Winning is perfect. Yeah, exactly. And, and so, you know, he could get away with a lot of that stuff. And, and you could feel it a little bit this week. That he was a little bit more playful, but it's really on his clock. It's really on his clock when he doesn't want to tell you anything. This is, I'm not breaking any news here, but it's, you know, the surliness, it's getting a little tired. Like, you know, string some wins together. And you got an opportunity now, as I said, Two with the Jets, the Lions coming in on Sunday, the Colts, the Browns, the Bears. This is your opportunity just to be relevant again. So, you know, and then he can be as snark as he wants. And by the way, he can be as snark as he wants all the time. It just doesn't play well. And that's coming from someone who's been a fan, a diehard since 1976. Okay, so, um, you know, they need to tighten it up a little bit. But what I surfaced in the beginning of the show was kind of the long-term view of both what I'm hoping for and what I think the Patriots will need to kind of you know, get back to, they're never going to get back to what we fell in love with from 01 to 2018. You know what I mean? That's a pipe dream. But just to be competitive, to be amongst the teams that will be in the division round, they got a chance to, to, to get to the AFC Championship, to get a chance to get to the ball, be in it. They're a ways off. They're a ways off. Now, the, the AFC isn't looking as strong as it did heading into week one. That's for sure. Mutt was talking I don't think the whole league is looking the, the way everyone thought it was. I mean, well, the NFC, how many teams yeah, are at 2-2 two and two yeah, right now? The NFC is a dumpster fire. I mean, it, it, look, at as bad as, as, as Tampa Bay is playing, and Brady doesn't look as Brady-esque as we've come to realize, but he's you know they're mired with injuries on the offensive line and at receiver. But um, even with that, 
he could skateboard to the Super Bowl. The NFC is so bad. The Eagles are good, but it kind of ends there. Not a lot there. The Rams, they look a little vulnerable to me. Um, but, you know, you're right. There's a lot of parity in the league, and it's a lot of middling teams. So when you look at it that way, the Patriots might have a chance to have football be meaningful in December. And it was last year. I was in, I was in with Nick Fitzy Stevens when they, were, they won seven in a row. They were playing the Colts on, on the Saturday. We were all fired up. We were talking about it. And they got smoked. And then after that, they continued to get smoked. They just ran out of gas. And that could very well happen if you look at the schedule again. Patriots, 2021, seven-game winning streak in the, in the soft middle part of the schedule. It's the same thing this time, guys. Six games. And at one and three, and I will, I will acknowledge there were some moral victories in the first four weeks. I just don't want to hear about it anymore because this is your time. This is your time to make hay, okay? Um, so in the short term, and I want to get back to the long-term stuff with both the Patriots and what I see is a need for them in terms of their build and with the Red Sox. I want to talk about that a lot. But I do want to get into Sunday's game with Detroit. And in this next period of time of the next six weeks that we have in front of us, and one of the things I wrote in the article that's up on WEI.com, which is forget the moral victories, Pats need to win some now. One of the things I surfaced was about young Bailey Zappi. And it has a lot to do with what we saw with Mac Jones before he got hurt. On the field, coming off the field, his expression off the field. He looked frustrated. It, was, it wasn't hard to see. The last time I saw someone look that way so visibly frustrated was Derek Lowe. You remember watching Derek Lowe when he was on the mound for the Red Sox? Derek, I mean, he, if he was having a bad day, man, you didn't have to look at the, at the stat sheet. You just had to look at his face. He wore it all over his face, and his body language was really bad. And I, I don't think Mac is at that level. But I think he is wearing the frustration very publicly on his face. And I think he's got good reason for it. I don't, I don't, I don't begrudge him that because the surroundings that they've built around him, that Belichick's built around him in year two, are less than ideal, to be kind, okay? To go from having a structure that's been, by the way, it's, there's been a coaching brain drain for the Patriots since the first dynasty from Weiss, Cronell, all those guys. All the way down the line, Pioli, Dimitrov, from player personnel people to coaches, all the way down the line, all the way to more current day to Brian Flores. They've lost a lot of good people, okay? So how many people can you keep plucking from that tree? That's kind of my point about what, what's next for the Patriots. Um, but that doesn't give him, that doesn't give Belichick a pass for this offseason and not making a run at Billy O'Brien just because he doesn't want to put his buddy at Alabama, Nick Saban, in a rough spot, or that, he, that he's afraid that he's going to bring him as an offensive coordinator and lose him. Well, if you're afraid of that, pay the man. Don't make him an offensive coordinator for one year. Give him a five-year contract. Overpay him. I don't understand this cheapness with the coaching staff because there's no salary cap. You can pay him a billion dollars if you wanted to. So I don't get it. I don't get it. I get why he wants to take advantage of the money that the Lions are willing to pay Matt Patricia and the Giants have to pay Joe Judge. I get that. But that doesn't, that doesn't hold you back from making a run at Billy O'Brien or Eric Bieniemy or, or who, whatever name your coach that might be available. You know? Dayball would have been a nice guy to hold on to. They lost him to Buffalo, and now he's coaching the Giants, and they look pretty good. So a lot of brain drain with the Patriots. But we'll get back to the long-term stuff. In the short term, Back to what I was saying about Sunday with Bailey Zappi and, and what could be a positive. Mac Jones 
visibly frustrated what's what has been not happening around him in terms of support, what's not happening on the field, how much of it's execution versus communication issues. You know what I mean? I think it's poor execution based on poor communication. That's what it kind of feels like to me. And I'm basing that on everything that I saw and heard and read all through training camp and preseason. So Max frustrated. Is there a rationale to say that when you have someone out there who's a thinker, could he be thinking too much? What do you think, Joe? What do you guys think? It's 617-779-7937. Mac Jones is a thoughtful person. He's a thinker on the field. And I'm wondering if the scheme and the system around him is making him, before he got hurt, making him think too much. And I'm wondering, now that this opportunity where Patricia's kind of finding his footing, you know, with the, with, the, with the play calling and the rhythm of the play calling, which, you know, he can learn all the plays, but how to string them together, that's an art form. And that's something McDaniels had knocked, you know. Um, uh, Kyle Shanahan, he's got that knocked. You know, guys like that, they've been doing it for a while. It takes a while to build a rhythm, build a lather. And that might come for Patricia, it might. Um, but while Mac was in there before he got hurt, that was a slow climb, and it's been a slow climb. It's been a slow process. And if he's had it with McDaniels and he's had success, and then he comes to this, of course you're going to wear that, and you're not going to feel great about it. I'm wondering if a rookie who's got no credibility and no voice to say anything but yes, sir, and take orders, that that actually might benefit them on the field a little bit. You know what I mean? I think it benefits Zappi for being in there because it's been a few weeks that they've been able to build the communication and like calling plays and stuff like that. Where Mac, he started out and they were ice cold through three weeks. Yeah, that's my point. But also, too, there's a mental burden. And a burden that you actually bring back to the sidelines if you're, if you're often frustrated, you're showing you're frustrated. It locks your brain, man. You've been frustrated before. You've been frustrated at work. I've been frustrated at work. You guys might be frustrated listening now. Whatever it might be, that can lock you in a bad place. And I think that if you have someone, when you have a system that's kind of on the go, that's, that's kind of growing along with the player, you might have a little window to iron things out with someone that's just going to take orders and execute on the field. And there might be an opportunity for that. And, and, and particularly this week with the Lions, who are a sieve on the run defense, and that's your strength. Your core strength as, a, as, a, as an offense, as a team, really, is your running game. And maybe that opens up some play action and gives Zappi, you know, some easier throws and some, some more open windows. So, you know, it might not be such a bad thing in two ways. For A, Zappi just to take the orders. You know, Belichick, I said earlier at the top, it's 70 years old. I don't want him taking on more, but he is. It is what it is now, right, as he would say. It is what it is. He has to take on more. He has to take command to make, sh- make sure his team has a-, a shot. His job is to win on the field, right? Isn't that message better communicated to someone who's going to just accept it? I'm not sure. Even Mac probably accepts it. But is he processing it differently? On the- is he frustrated with it on the field? And that's what I saw. And it might be good for him to sit and watch a little bit too and heal up. And I know he wants on the field, and I want him on the field too. But it might not be the worst thing in the world for him, his development, the development of the scheme, Patricia's play calling, for him to be on the sidelines for a bit, and Bailey Zappi just take the orders, yes, sir, and execute. Yeah, I agree. Like, Mac is, like, a, we've seen it. Like, he's a competitor, and he wants to play. And he's he's good on, like, the mental side and preparation. It's just execution. And 
I think, you know, he's got not only learned on the field, but off the field, too. It's going to be so crucial for him. Yep. Yep. A couple calls coming in. Uh, there are some lines open if you want to weigh in. 617-779-7937. What do you think about the Patriots where they are right now? Can Billy Zappi be a port in a storm right now for an offense that is growing and is the fact that he's in a position as a rookie he just needs to take his orders from his mentor, and that might suit them where they are right now. And if there's ever going to be an opportunity, man, with the Lions, the Browns, the Bears, the Colts, the Jets, and the Jets, this is the time. So, you know, and then get Mac to heal up, and maybe the offense has actually gotten a little bit more cohesive. Patricia's found his way, you know, and so it, it could all maybe come together a little bit better. So in an odd twist of fate, it could be a good thing. Yeah, it's almost better that they're struggling now versus like when you get to the second half of the season, you're playing the Bills and the Cardinals and all those teams. Yeah, I'm not worried about the Cardinals, by the way. I just yeah, I think Cliff Kingsbury's uh, overrated. And I, I think Kyler Murray, at, at some point, if you guys pay attention to, you know, if you watch the red zone, it's all him dancing around at the end and pulling games out of his you-know-what. But at some point, you have to execute a four-quarter game, and I haven't seen them do it since he's been on the field. They don't worry me too much. That team doesn't worry me too much. But, yeah, two with the Bills, is you can chalk those up as L's most likely, and, and it's, a, it's a tough schedule down, you know, once you get after the bye. So the opportunities now for the Patriots. Moving forward um, and back to what I was saying about the offseason, well, not the offseason, but the plan for the future for the Patriots, you know, we know what Belichick's blind spots are. You know, it's, it's, it's finding value, which is a great thing. But, you know, there's a blind spot into how he has gone about the construct of the team that I think needs to evolve. It needs to change. And I don't think, it has to, I don't think it's going to come from someone within the tree that he came from. Okay? And to kind of make that point, if you look at the branches on the tree now that are below him, Gerard Mayo, former player. Troy Brown, former player. Stephen Belichick, his son. Brian Belichick, his son. Director of player personnel, Al Groh's son. How many branches are left? How many buds are there? How much fruit is coming from this tree? I mean, Belichick is the greatest one of them all to come out of the Parcells tree. Sorry, Big Tuna. You know, Bill outdid you. But, you know, a lot of those guys that came in that tree have been taken away or have retired, and they haven't been replaced. You know, there's been not a great succession plan. And this has been a theme with Belichick, you know, after the third part of the dynasty. I call it three dynasties because in the middle, you know, before 14, they didn't win one, but they were the best team in football. I mean, look at, you know, 07, they lost the bowl in 11. You know, there were three dynasties, two of which bared six Super Bowls, okay? But they were dynastic for 20 years. The back third of that, dynasty terrible job on the succession plan all over the board the one he actually was ahead of was the brady one with garoppolo the problem is brady replaced brady and then brady left town so it's like you know he was ahead of that one he was almost a little too far ahead of it but there was no succession plan for gronk there was no succession plan after years after they lost pioli and dimitrov i mean he really started taking on more of the player personnel and what happened after that Bad drafts, getting people that were former number one picks off the scrap heap, trying to get something out of them, moving out players when their contracts got too high. I mean, it's a theme that Brady was able to mask for a long time. 
And I just think they need a new set of eyes. It's kind of like, yeah, it's kind of like the new era is like something Bill hasn't adapted to yet of like, you know, maybe what happened in the mid-2000s could work in the mid-2000s, but I don't think it can work in 2022. There's some of that, but I think I think it's beyond that, though, too. I mean, you think about the players in the first the first part of the dynasty, the three Super Bowls, you know, from 01 through 04, and think about what was built heading into 07. Who was there? Scott Pioli was there. Thomas Dimitrov was there. He had help. He had help, okay? And... Since those guys have been jettisoned or left for greener pastures or left for whatever reasons that they left, part of the big brain drain I've been talking about, Bills had to take on more. And you've seen the drafts. Dominic Easley, you know, it, it comes to mind. Uh, you know, Harry, we talked about. Sony Michelle and Isaiah Wynn instead of Lamar Jackson. You can rattle them off. I mean, there's, there's tons of them. Cyrus Jones. I mean, you know, I, I could go all night. But that was very glaring to see that he was kind of taking this all on himself. And you had the collaborative approach, the big collaborative approach, you know, draft with Mac Jones and stuff like that. I'm not sure how collaborative it was. I'm also not sure that Mac Jones was his ultimate pick. Maybe that was a collaboration, but I'm telling you, they're a little late to the party on that. And then you just fast forward one year, just one year. And I ask you, Joe, and I ask you guys in the audience, 617-779-7937, is there less on Belichick's plate or more in 2022 at 70 years old? I think there's more. And you saw it last week in Green Bay, kneeling on the ground with, with Bailey Zappi, which he had to do, a rookie quarterback in Lambeau Field in his first go. But he was fully immersed in what was happening with that offense, fully. And that was one of the concerns heading into the season was like, is Belichick taking on too much? Of course and, he is. And so far you're seeing it through uh, – four weeks of the year is that he is taking on a lot. Of course he is. And I'll tell you what, I, I actually give Matt Patricia a, a fair chunk of credit because I think, like most people, it was a complete, like, laugh laugh it off. He's going to be your offensive coordinator. But, but, you know, I actually think he's learned on the fly pretty well. He's a bright guy. I'm not saying that, you know, there isn't room for improvement. There's a in lot ter- of room. In terms of the coordinators that have been here in the past. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, well, look at I mean, McDaniel's and Weiss are the two that have ever the best that have ever been in this part of the country. You have to go back to Ron Earhart, and that's that's a generation ago, okay. And Parcells had some wacky coordinators too, uh, Perkins and Ernie Zampezi. I mean, they were okay, um, and that was a problem with Bledsoe. You might remember, you know, Bledsoe, they were changing coordinators on him all the time, so they've had great consistency because of McDaniel's and you know Weiss passing the torch. But my point is, there hasn't been a great Succession plan in a lot of areas, you know. I thought they had one on defense, you know, back in eighteen when they, you know, when Patricia went off to the to the Lions. Flores was a guy that I was interested in, but then they lost him too. And this has been going on for twenty years. How long can you can you sustain that? And I would say we're at the point where it became unsustainable, and you're at the point where the res- you're seeing the results of it at one and three. And with a special teams coach as a quarterback's coach. And as a defensive coordinator, as an offensive, quote-unquote, wait for it, play caller, not a coordinator. You know what I mean? So I want your opinion at 617-779-7937. We're going to get more of the Patriots. And we'll get to the Red Sox, too. I want to talk about their offseason because I'm watching Major League play, Playoff Baseball right now, and your Red Sox aren't in it, and they should have been. More after this. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. 
Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. All right, welcome back. Friday night, late night with Jim Hackett here at WEEI. Across the WEI Sports Radio Network and on the Odyssey app. You can stream us anytime. Talking with my producer Joe and you guys, talking Patriots. Next hour, I want to get into the Red Sox and their offseason because I'm watching the Padres smoke the Mets right now. And I am pining for what I was feeling last year at Fenway Park during the Rays series and that awesome wild card game against the Yankees. And I definitely want to get into that. But more of the Pats. And there's some you know, questions coming in on the text line. 37937 talking pats but what we're talking about which is not just what's in front of us with the lions and the five games to follow that I think are very winnable even with young Bailey Zappi in there and in an odd way I think he actually might be well suited for what's happening with the patriots and the changing of the scheme and the changing of the coaches and the lack of support for Mac and the frustration that he had that maybe just having a foot soldier out there that's going to say sir yes sir and go do it against opponents that they used to mop the floor with, but now are probably more closer to being like. Might not be such a bad thing. Play to your strengths, simplify it, take some shots when they're there, and keep your head in the game. Yeah, I think the playbook's going to be a lot more open now that Zappi's gotten game action under him. The big thing for the Patriots, and this is going to sound like football 101, but it's really true when it comes, when it comes to this team. I mean, just think about it. Matt Patricia's your offensive coordinator. You've got your third-string quarterback in there who's a rookie. Your greatest strength on the entire team, your, two, your, your three areas of strength are the running game, your defensive line, and your safeties, I would say. Of that, your running game is probably the best, the best of the lot, okay? So run the ball you know, and, and use play action and get a lead. They need to get a lead because what getting a lead is going to allow them to do is actually run the ball. So maybe when you open it up, I, I, and I will say this, even going back to the Miami game, the first series when you're on offense is usually scripted. And in Miami, I that felt like, it just looked like the Patriots offense that we, we've gotten to see, right? It did. It looked like the Josh McDaniels Patriots offense, which, which tells me that Belichick's had, had his hands all over that, you know? And their first possession in all four of the first games has looked pretty darn good. The ones that they script out have looked pretty darn good. The problem is when you get later on into the games, like Callahan said on Mutt earlier, and like everyone's been saying, is that they got too predictable against Green Bay. That's why they lost. You're in there with a rookie quarterback in Lambeau Field. To take a shot. You know what I mean? I mean, they, they, they were way too conservative at that point. So you, so you would have gone for it on fourth down then and over. Time. 100%. Yeah. What do you got to lose? What do you have to lose at that point? You already lost. Right? I mean, what did you have to lose? So so you lost doing it that way. And I'm not looking at it in hindsight. I'm just saying your odds with Bailey Zappi, a third-string quarterback, making his debut in Lambeau Field against Aaron Rodgers, not great. You know what I mean? So, you know, I, I thought that was it was the wrong move. Got a caller coming in. We'll talk a little bit about that. But, yeah, I would have definitely gone for it on fourth down. But you know what? I don't want to parse the playbook because I think the Patriots' issues to date are larger than just the calls on the field. And there have been some problems. You know, the strip sack in Miami. Isaiah Wynn getting Brian Hoyer damn near killed. A problem. 
Mac Jones against the Ravens, man. The picks, terrible, terrible picks. So I'm not excusing the poor play on the field, but I think the Patriots' problems to date have had a bigger, you know, there's been a bigger effect that, that's coming from the sideline. So this is your opportunity. This is your opportunity to correct it. In terms of the long term and correcting it for the Patriots and what they need to do, I've been pretty loud and clear on this so far. But to me, you know, Belichick can coach as long as he wants. I want him to have some assistance making player personnel decisions across the board, the draft, free agent acquisitions, everything. And I don't want it to be with Matt Patricia, Joe Judge, or whomever that's in the Belichick tree or a Belichick loyalist or his son or one of his former players, as talented as they might be. I want a different set of eyes, man. You want to draft a receiver? Why don't we go get a scout from the Steelers? They're pretty good at it. (laughs) You know what I mean? Think about the receivers the Steelers have brought in. It just keeps churning, you know? Heinz Ward, Antonio Brown, Juju Smith-Schuster, Chase Claypool, Deontay Johnson. It's been forever with them. So what is a what is a wide receiver college, you know, a pro scout that scouts receivers in college make? 200 grand? Offer them 400. You know, get a different set of eyes in. Let's take Brian and Andover. Brian, what's up? Happy Friday night. How are you doing, heck? I'm doing good. Yeah, How are happy you? Happy Friday night. I'm doing fine. I I was just uh yeah, I I wanted to comment on I heard you saying being very rational and saying, you know, the Patriots have a long way to go. It's going to be a while to get back to where they were. And then you, I, I know that you're a big fan and you're, you're qualifying it. Well, they got a soft schedule and maybe they can be relevant. And, and you, you got to embrace the first part of that. It's going to be a while before they're back. Yeah, no, I think you're right. I think you're right. What I'm saying is though, I'm just looking at when I make that comment, Brian, what, what I'm looking at is, I want my Sundays to be meaningful in football season. You know what I mean? I think we've all gotten kind of used to that. I mean, they've been pretty darn relevant since December of 1993. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, uh, since Parcells' first year. They've been pretty fun to watch. And there's an opportunity for that over the course of the next six games. That's what I'm looking for. But in terms of getting back to the promised land, look, they come out of that. If they win five or six and they really do well, they're six and four at the bye. Great. But they could end, they could end up six and 11. It doesn't look pretty with the schedule after the bye. So I'm with you on that. But my The yeah. only way you get better is you've got to tank, you've got to get great draft picks and build that way. And you, people, all the teams that stay in the middle, they never go anywhere. They're stuck in the middle. Okay. I mean, I, I've been watching the Dallas Cowboys for, for 30 years, and they haven't won a playoff game, and they're, just, they're stuck in the middle. Yeah, and the, you you gotta you gotta die and get high draft picks and then rebuild that way. It, it, you gotta it, trade Herschel Walker for a million draft picks from the Vikings and do it that way. Yeah, I, look, I think I think there's a what you're saying makes a lot of sense, and it definitely is the case, like in basketball, for sure. Like you you, you cannot you can the, the reference everyone always makes is the the Milwaukee Bucks of the '80s. They just couldn't get out of the way, right? They couldn't get they they couldn't get past the Celtics, the Sixers, the Pistons, the Bulls, whoever was in front of them, but. You know, in football, I, I think you can build it up. And I think, you know, I don't think Belichick's ever going to, you're never going to see him tank. And there's too much talent. There. They don't have elite level talent, but they have a solid football team. They're good, you know? I got a lot of B's on my report cards. There are a bunch of B's, you know, and the, and the Patriots used to have a few A's, like Brady and Gronk, and maybe one on the other side of the, on defense. 
Gilmore, you know, whoever, you know, whoever it was at the time. And then you had a bunch of B's and C's. And what they didn't have were the D's and F's that everyone had from like player 45 to 53. Good special teams, good depth, stuff like that, that they could be competitive. I don't think you're going to see, I don't think this team is bad enough. I don't think this team is bad enough. I could be wrong. They lose to Detroit. They lose to the Browns. They're bad enough. And Brian and Andover, they're going to do exactly what you said. They're going to, they're not going to tank, but they're going to be, have results and performance like a team that tanked. And they're going to get that draft pick. The problem is you want Belichick making those draft picks because other than a few, he hasn't really shown that he can. We got Brian back. Brian. Yep. (laughs) Come on back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You dropped me for no reason. Um, That's true. No, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Um, heck, good luck with the show. Thank you. Uh, Thanks for the call. Heck, you know there's Brian Gibson, right? Friday nights, buddy. 10 to, 10 to midnight. All right. Give you an end over. Checking in on the Patriots. I don't think you have to tank. Bill, Joe, I mean, Bill Belichick's never going to tank. However, they could fall apart. But you're going to know. 16. Oh, they get they could tank, but just not on purpose. On purpose, right? But I, I I don't see it happening. I wrote it in the article on wei.com. You gotta you know take take a peek at that. I think I think there's opportunity here just to stay competitive. You know, the off season and what's going to happen building in the future, different story. More of the Pats when we come back in the eleven o'clock hour. But I want to get into the Red Sox because it's MLB playoff season. It's October, falls in the air, and the Red Sox are on the couch, and I'm pissed. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. T-Mobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.